Welcome to Warren Radio, with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy and Gospel News for the Persecuted Church. I am Tower, and we are glad you joined us. Warren Radio Advocacy Broadcast for the Persecuted Church is the fast-moving gospel news program. All correspondence and inquiries to the WIR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Wednesday, the 6th day of May, 2020, and the scripture reading this week is Leviticus chapter 21, verses 1 through chapter 24, verse 23, Ezekiel chapter 44, verses 15. And the New Testament portion is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, it's hashtag Watchman. And you find us on USA.life or MeWe with hashtag Warren Radio. And you can listen to our shows through the following carriers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Act, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. And you can also listen to the shows on warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Be sure to take the time to read the featured article and also pass it along to your friends. This week feature. The Epic Saga of Responsibility. It was in Pentecost 2017 that I took to writing the Saga of Responsibility as it had occurred and excuse me, the message is short and the saga is quick. But the truth can be learned if you have ears to hear and a heart to receive. Thus, the Epic Saga of Responsibility is the charge given, the witnesses revealed, also righteousness in an, in, in an age of lawlessness. <coughs> Excuse me. Righteous confronts the age of lawlessness, living righteous in a time of uncertainty, pride, trouble, and immort- immorality. Peace is the moment that many people seek in life. <coughs> Excuse me.
sorry about that. <clears throat> so the other article we're featuring by the Watchman is the Lord's Lighthouse Keeper. A city on a hill cannot be hid, nor can a lighthouse that is brightly shining on a high outcrop of the rocky cliffs overlooking the seas of life, keeping the keeps keep the lighthouse maintained so that the light will shine out for all those passing by in the stormy seas of life or in the dark of night. So you can read those articles by going to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Be sure to read them and pass them along to your friends. Thank you. And now I invite the watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? <clears throat> I'm doing all right. We have some, uh, you know, <clears throat> society has changed a lot. And I remember when we started uh, this whole thing online, that's when it started. It was uh, in the days of... Uh, American America Online, AOL. They had just started up, and we had been um, one of the few first ones in Wyoming to really sign up. It was die up back then. Not many people were online. There's cost a lot of money. Now today, with the pandemic. We have got more people online than we've ever had. Uh, And that means that every one of the major terminals in the U.S., there's not a lot of them, the main carriers that break off into branches, every one of them at full capacity. In Wyoming, I don't know. I would say almost all the school kids are doing online studies. Yep, I think they are. I don't think there's any and kids in school. So there is there is real issues with the Internet and because of the pandemic. <laughs> there's a lot of other issues here. And up front, we're talking about the global pandemic and starvation now. Uh, we have been inundated uh, from many, many of the ministries that we've contacted over the years, and and uh, many of them are trying to get food to the people overseas. One of the first stories comes out of the um, Fox News, who is talking about the UN, and uh, the whole focus is is that. We're talking about surviving uh, the coronavirus. 
But then you get through the coronavirus, the main pandemic, and you've got economies that have to recover. You have people that uh, are barely surviving. Some of them are starving right now with no food. Um, we do have, uh, I mean, every, every ministry that I can tell you that contacts us, they're, they're all looking for donations. They're looking for money to be able to help those overseas because many of them, when the, and we know this from way, way back, and India is one of the worst. Uh, and when the aid comes from international aid organizations uh, in, into the government itself, a major percentage of time, the aid never does get to to uh, Christians. It gets to, especially in the uh, get to the Hindus first. And in order for uh, Christians to get more, they will have to become Hindus. I mean, this is this is the fact over there. Uh, whether Twitter and all the other uh, tech people want to believe it or not and those that control the internet this comes from a number of places now the big thing you have when we look at it um, this is according to Ian Bradbury who is CEO of Canada based humanitarian organization first NAEF he said you can expect uh, um more global deaths due to the secondary impacts of COVID than the virus itself. Now, this has to do with food, getting the food to them. It's the attack with, uh, especially uh, through Africa, uh, uh, right on the edge. Um, at the beginning of 2020, we note in this article that there was 130 million were facing dire levels of hungry, hunger. And they looked that that number will double by the end of this year simply because, well, it, you add in the locust and the fact that they're eating along with the COVID and the fact that the world's uh, ma- mainly almost all nations and governments have closed down. Uh, oil was at a standstill. Oil in our place where we live now is just at the lowest that we've seen it in a long, long time. Um, and such a glut of oil that nobody knows where to put it right now because nothing's going. And so like uh, Trump was saying today that we can't afford to be five months in lockdown. We've got to get the economy going because if you don't, you're going to face a major, major uh, problem here in America, but if you transfer that tower and look overseas, um, there are many, many Christians, many, many families, and even non-Christians. We're talking people of all kinds that are not going to have any way to eat and feed, and then we're not even talking about a second round of COVID in the fall. And so... Now, according to their stats that they quote on uh, Fox News, they said that 820 million people globally are considered undernourished, according to UN. Um, 22% of children under uh, the, uh, uh, younger than five are classified as stunted. 
And so then they go on to say almost 700 million people. Uh, that's a little under 10%, uh, to be exact, 9%. But if you give it a figure of 10%, you know. Um, so 10% of how many people we have. But at any rate, so the main figure is 9%. They're sev- severely food insecure. In other words, there's no way that they can grow it. They, they don't have any sources. It has to come from other sources. And uh, so this is the issue here. Uh, and we know in America, and we were talking about this with Warrior yesterday, I think it was. And uh, can you remember how many of our... I think he said what seventy or ninety percent of our meat is is uh, butchered um, overseas. What did he say? He, he said eighty percent of the meat that is consumed by the Americans is eighty percent is processed overseas um, by four plants: one one in China and four in three in Brazil. Or three, yeah, three in Brazil and one in China. 80%, well, you, that just was it, shocking to me. Yeah, I didn't know that part. I knew a, a number of things that had been exported. But I, I did know, and this was years and years ago, that we were talking about a lot of the fish that was being caught off the Alaskan coast was being shipped to China for processing because it was right. cheaper. And so um, if you go along some of the coastlines in in, uh, Alaska, you will find old canning factories where they would set them up in a bay out in the middle of nowhere. The ships would go out and catch it, drop off their catch. They would totally prepare it there and then send it out. They don't do that. They've been sending it overseas. Well, when you have a glitch in the world's... uh, Uh, supply and demand where they can't get it to you then you're going to starve and uh, right what this pandemic has shown america is that you don't want to have all your drugs coming from china but you also don't want to have all your meat coming from china and all your meat coming from brazil uh, because we know during this pandemic a lot of these countries kept it and they didn't send it And so um, there's a lot of them that uh, when you get into it, when you look at the troubles that we've had, especially with ISIS going through uh, the Middle East the way they did, um, we saw severe war in Afghanistan and in Iraq and in Syria. Some of it uh, spilled over into Libya. And some other of it actually uh, infected parts of Africa, uh, Nigeria, Kenya, and various places like that. So you have an ongoing um, war anyway with uh, radical Islam. So what we're saying is is that this, you know, when you look at America, we may recover, folks, but even now, the supply of beef and the supply of meat, and a lot of people are concerned about that. And a lot of uh, There's a number of chains that are limiting uh, the amount of beef you can buy now. Um, or any meat. Tower not. Huh? Oh, any meat, not just beef. Yeah. 
chickens and pork and well, yeah. Well, you know, I I uh, there's also chicken. They there was a major chicken plant that was uh, cut uh, shut down. But uh, when we talk about most of the uh, beef going, you know, um, it'd be interesting to know exactly, you know, what's coming out of China and some of these other countries. And it would be good to know uh, what do we have here. Now, for a long time, I've been researching local sources of uh, protein, uh, beef, and various kinds of meats uh, that were uh, organic and grass-fed and grass-finished. And there's quite a number of those, but even those places get sold out. So the heads up here is that, uh, that there has been now for some time uh, kind of an undercurrent of people wanting to stock up on some meat. But uh, the bottom line uh, to everything is, is that no matter what you face here in America, when you're looking overseas the way it is, it is in dire shape. Because uh, if they don't get back to work, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these people that are persecuting Christians, they just soon see them die if they're not going to become like they are. Yeah. And so, uh, there's only one one uh, source that can protect them, and that's the Lord. And we do get uh, p- people making it, but um, some of the ministries that go over there, they're helping anybody, you know, not just the Christians. They're they're helping a lot, and uh, a number of them that that we know of personally, they're go over to help. Um, some of them have a specific ministry just to believe, but. Uh, it is a tremendous, tremendous issue. And of course, then you think of North Korea and this you know, with Kim Jong-un, whether he died or not. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, th- this whole thing with North Korea, we've seen them starve their people before, and they virtually said nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know... I think that's going to be the real issue this year is how this uh, food chain is going to be reactivated. Uh, it's not going to be the same for a while at all. Uh, now, we know that the that in America, farmers get out in their fields on a regular. Both of my grandparents, uh, my one had a cattle ranch and my other one uh, was uh, a farm that had cattle and sheep. And he had chickens and he had uh, sugar beets and a lot of other. He grew corn, a lot of other things. And so he was, he farmed. He he did a lot of things and everything they had, they ate, they made, they grew. Um, uh, you know, uh, they never ate lamb because the lamb was expensive. They sold the lambs. They ended up eating the old mutton. And that's what we had then. We didn't have lamb. We had mutton. <clears throat> now today, Americans are spoiled because all they eat, is that lamb and most of the mutton is for the uh, for dog food or something unless you get into the Middle East where they're really used to eating mutton <clears throat> mutton is a lot stronger it's greasier uh, it, it takes a bit of uh, starch in your genes to eat it if you can get past the smell a strong old mutton it smells like a dirty socks you put in the refrigerator or something <laughs> I mean it. I'll tell you. Oh, I cannot. You know, I'm not a mutton guy, but, uh, you know, 
but uh, you know, when you were on the farm, uh, you ate what was set before you. And uh, yeah, and you didn't complain either. Um, <laughs> and they weren't chopping up their sheep either. They they used the sheep for growing wool, so most of the thing was, you know, there was a wild game. Uh, uh, mainly in the era where we were, it was pheasants and ducks because Grandpa had access. He had water going through his uh, place and chickens and things. But, uh, God, it's today it's totally different, totally different altogether. Yeah, you know? and, and what we experience in in America is nothing compared to what they're experiencing overseas and in the third world countries i think it's probably a hundred times worse than what we have going on so at any rate you know uh, pray for those overseas uh, pray for uh, the nations you know i have a list uh, you know a memorized thing i just go through it and uh, pray for the nations, but the Lord knows he's, he's called the end from the beginning and there is going to be persecution. There's going to be turmoil. That's part of the program that that's coming down. And uh, that's why, you know, Peter said, you know, when he talked about seeing that the earth is going to be burned by fire, I'm paraphrasing. He says, see what manner of men you ought to be in all holy conversation. He was saying essence that, uh, you know, the earth and everything therein is going to be burned up by fire. And being says that's going to happen, don't you think you need to pay attention to repenting and walking in a holy manner before God, uh, not shaking your fist at God and not being obstinate, not being stubborn and full of pride, but repenting and giving in that cove uh, in the cross of Christ covered with the blood and look to the Lord your God for protection and help in time of need. As David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And somewhere along the line as a believer, no matter where you are on this planet, you're going to have to believe God for food and shelter and clothing and safety because we are in perilous times and only a fool ignores the Lord God. I can tell you that. And, you know, I wanted to bring this up, too, while we're talking about the coronavirus. Do you know New York City? You know, um, (laughs) these people have got gall. You know, they called Samaritan's Purse in the first place and told them to come. And they came. They brought everything. They didn't charge New York a thing. But guess what? New York is making them pay income tax. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. They owe them taxes. Yeah, they owe them taxes. Can you believe that? A lawyer was that talking about wrong. it. I, I read all. I read this article, and you know that's after some of these political hacks castigated um, Samaritan's Purse uh, for the views that you know homosexuality is not a biblical-based union before God. Now, see, there are churches and pastors out there that preach that it is, but the bottom line of it is, if you follow Scripture, uh, it's an abomination. Nevertheless, even when we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, uh, when you talk of your sister Sodom, uh, mentioned by the prophets, the first thing that they mention is pride. 
And uh, so pride goeth before a fall. But the bottom line of it is, is that they castigated uh, Samaritan's Purse and even uh, Franklin Graham for that standpoint. And they were in the mayor of New York City, along with the governor of New York and councilmen. They were all concerned. I think the biggest voices were came out of New York City itself. Um, well, how and, how can they charge them, make them pay taxes when they didn't even earn any money in there? It was all volunteer work. Well, you got me. I don't know. I think it's a crock, but uh, you know how it goes. Uh, that's why people move out of New York, but it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, and uh, I seen the video of uh, Samaritan's Purse packing up, and they packed up. Now, see, the other day there was a, a bunch of news that came out that said they were packed up because they, they were leaving because uh, they they kicked them out. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It wasn't because they were kicked out. It's because that they did uh, they had released their last case, and they, they were free to go, so they left. And uh, the video showed people cheering as they went. You know, they were they were thankful, they were cheering, they were clapping, they had signs up, you know. They really That's appreciated good. Samaritan's <clears throat> Purse, but you wouldn't know it from the minority. And even the lawyer, I think it was a lawyer, I, I can't remember exactly which one he was, there's a number of them in the article, but he was saying that uh, it was a vocal minority that were talking about that, accusing Samaritan's Purse and Franklin Graham. Well, I've I've known uh, known to Franklin Graham and his ministry for a long, 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 long time, and so is Tower, and I've never known that man <clears throat> to be anything but trying to do the gospel of Christ. So he'll tell you what the Bible says about marriage, and so if you don't want to know, don't ask him. I'll tell you too. But uh, the bottom line of it is, is that it is a horrendous thing when they go in there to help people. They're working for nothing. They were asked to go there. They don't charge them a dime. And when they get ready to leave, they got a bill for income tax of everybody that worked there to save lives of New Yorkers. Now, if that ain't a a two-fisted, two-faced pain in the butt, I don't know what is. You know? It's just absolutely amazing. So these are some of the issues. When we talk about a global pandemic, especially if you're talking about a ministry like Samaritan's Purse, but this also happens overseas. One of the biggest problems about overseas, if you're sending food, many times when you send it into a port, the hosting country will hold the food until you pay a ransom to get it released. They will call it a tax, but they won't won't release it unless you... Uh, pay them something and then once you release it you got to buy, uh, hire guards or a small army to protect it while it goes to those who it's designed to go to so it can be a real pain now there's a lot of difference today because samaritan's purse can fly it in uh to the locations and they don't have to worry about driving in a caravan along the empty roads for instance in Africa and be be attacked they can fly in and so uh i don't know this is this is a problem it's an issue so at any rate uh you know while this thing seems to be loosening here and we're glad there's a lot of issues ahead of us and of course, now some of them are even looking already to the fall. I'm not looking to the fall. I'm not interested in the fall. I'm not worried about the fall. 
what you know, I mean, summer. yeah, give me a break. Yeah, if you want to worry, you go worry. I'm not worried. The Lord will take care of it. It'll be fine. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm planting a garden. I'm going to go fishing this summer. You know, you do what you want to do. If you want to sit in your home and worry to death, go right ahead. I'm not going to do it. But at any rate, uh, we do have another story up front. Uh, Tower, are you ready? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Excuse me. This comes to us from... Um, Morningstar News and the Fulani herdsmen in Nigeria again, they attacked um, Yosef and his wife Yumani or Yume as they were riding from one village to another on a motorcycle. They made him stop and they the young couple pleaded with them to allow them to pass, but they wouldn't. Four of them attacked them mercilessly. They, um, by cutting them with machetes and beating them with sticks, and uh, they had rifles with them, and they just kept, kept beating them. The wife was able to escape, and they were calling out for help, and nobody was coming to help them, but she was able to get away and um, got to their village. And she called out for rescue, and her cries for help were heard from her community, and they brought members rushing to the scene. And when they found her husband in a pool of blood, she thought he was dead, but he was already at a point between life and death, and the villagers brought him to the hospital where they were treated. And um, now he has medical bills that are especially burdensome. As um, he and the other villages are, villagers are living in a camp for displaced persons, and that's because they were attacked five years ago by the Fulani again, or, you know, then. And um, it this is just unconscionable what keeps going on with these Fulani herdsmen. I pray to God that somehow, some way, they will be stopped continually invading these people with their armed invasions. There it's um they it's just unconscionable how these Christians are peacefully and not only that they don't do anything to try to protect themselves. They said, in spite of the pressures on us, we will continue to show them love as taught us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will remain resolute as Christians, and nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Amen to that. all the time. Yeah. But every week. Yeah, every week. Well, every day, but but we see it every week. We see it all the time. Uh, And the thing that makes it the worst is Buhari in Nigeria is the president. Bennett been there for two terms now. I think it's two. He replaced Jonathan Goodluck Johnson, who is a Christian. This one here, Buhari, is a Fulani Muslim who refuses to do anything about his Fulani who are killing Christians. At least that seems the case. We don't know. But uh, all we know is is that there are Boko Haram in Nigeria, the Fulani in 
uh, Nigeria, and now there's a, there's a regional um, ISIS. Um, I was thinking it's in the west portion. I'm not sure. It's in one of them over there. And uh, they're all targeting Christians. And so, you know, the saying that the Lord said, there will come a day when those that kill you will think they're doing God a service. That describes these radical uh, jihadist Muslims to a T. And uh, they oh, think does, they're doing God a service. And there's no way, uh, you know, they don't know the Father and they don't know the Son. They have no uh, concept of redemption. Uh, they, uh, The Muslims do... Uh, you know, talk about Jesus. They talk about, uh, you know, that he came as a prophet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But unless you understand he's a savior, that he represented the father and uh, everything that that entails and become truly born again. I mean, believing Jesus as a teacher or a prophet you know, is not going to save you. You have to believe that he died on the cross. He's the only begotten son of God who came. He's the lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Amen. And unless you can believe that, you're you're not going to make the grade. And so no matter what happens, God will make a way for his people. And even if you die, you will in no way lose your soul. And uh, God will take care of you. And that's just all there is to it. Um, We're also going to hit some um, news shorts. This uh, one has to do with Catholic League President Bill Donahue. He was on Facebook, and uh, his videos were being moved. Now, this is also at the same time that Jack, you know, the guy that's uh, that's in, that owns Twitter, he's in charge of it, is putting out new technology to try to, um, it, it'll pop up if you are writing a tweet. And if you say the wrong thing, of course, these are all based on keywords, it will question you about your intentions. So we're getting, we're seeing a great amount of uh, banning of free speech. And this is exactly what China does, what socialism yep. does, what a majority, you know, North Korea is the same way. We see this in a lot of closed countries, in militant countries, in countries that are anti-Christ or anti-Christian. You can't say anything. You can't speak anything. You can't do anything. And and uh, I warned about this years and years and years and years ago where it was headed, and we're heading just that way. We haven't gotten there yet, but one day they will succeed to button this up globally on the Internet um, to where you're not going to be able to say anything because the technology uh, is there. Now, uh, you know, he... Uh, he put the videos up and he was saying, you're invited to pray, to pray for the family, to pray for the sick, to pray for our leaders. And uh, um, God encourages us not to be dismayed by what we see around us, things we cannot control. We can, however, with the best intel in the moment, place our trust in him and walk forward in his strength and treat others with kindness. These are his remarks. Uh, remarks. Um, and... Uh, 
and remarks were posted on Facebook and were removed by military officers following uh, a protest. The first statement made by Captain Amy Smith, uh, Major Scott Ingram made the second one, and the military chaplains of Fort Drum and their video remarks were posted. Uh, Now, um, you know, um, the story itself that we're talking about came from the Catholic League who brought it up. The people that posted these on video were in the military. So they were taken down when an anti-Christian activist who heads the Military Religious Freedom Foundation complained that the videos, they were for and all, amounted to illicit proselytizing. And he said his complaint was done to ensure church, uh, church-state uh, separation, which is bull. And, you know, uh, and I've heard of this Weinstein uh, before. I've, this guy goes way back in these kind of things. Uh, Weinstein, um, you know, he's a long line of others. There, there's a lot of them out there. But, uh, you know, if you had had someone that was uh, celebrating Lucifer, as we've seen in this country, they would let it stay up. And uh, what a lot of people don't understand is military chaplains, you know, they've even been forbidden to say the name of Jesus many times. And that's baloney. If I'm a chaplain. wrong. Yeah, if I'm a chaplain, you don't want me to say the name of Christ. Uh, I have one word, uh, two words for you. Screw you. You may not like that speech, but that's what what it's about. I'm not going to say praise the Lord while you are a, uh, on a militant uh, anti-God <laughs> slug that won't repent full of pride. See, there's a time, there's a time that the Christian needs to stand up against this. And then there's a time when you are in a certain situation to where you believe God for deliverance because there's nothing you can get done. So that's another one. Um, I want to do another one real quick here. And this is Pakistan and COVID. Um, There's a lot of problems in Pakistan, and we've reported on the issues in Pakistan uh, as of this particular little uh, news clip, there was over 7,000 positive cases. That was uh, for mid-April. Um, so we're uh, we're probably two weeks, three weeks away from where this was reported. They've had they had 135 deaths, but we also know that not Pakistan, but India, both who've had them. Uh, you have uh, a problem in there because. Uh, They're not working, and they've closed pretty much everything down. Now, uh, Christians in Pakistan, now see, it's India that has the caste system. Pakistan has something like that as well. Uh, Especially, you'll find a lot of poor Christians in the brick kiln area working, making bricks, where we've even seen a number of them get killed, but they make up to 80 to 90% of the sanitation cleaners, street sweepers, janitors, and sewer workers, and they have no protection. They don't have nothing. And uh, one particular one was a sanitation worker, uh, got uh, about 91 bucks a month and worked 12 hours a day. 
and uh, his pay is depending on when the when his employer wants to pay him. Sometimes it'll be two months or three months before they'll pay him. And uh, if you complain, that makes it worse. And so this is the big problem in a lot of these things. These workers don't have a choice. And even trying to get food, many times this happens in India and other places. If you you know if you're going to Muslims or Hindus or some of the others, uh, they they'll refuse to sell you food. This has happened. We've reported on Christians in India that got kicked out of their houses. All their belongings were taken and thrown out in the dirt. Food was emptied out on on the dirt ground floor. Rice was emptied out. They were sent out of the town. They were told not to come back. They were they had no food. They had. Uh, nothing with them and they were out in the middle of nowhere because they were Christians. This is literally what, what is happening over there. And this is the kind of garbage that's going on. And all I want to know is why don't somebody like the UN or something say something. So, uh, and so we do have another one where we at, we got some time, um, you know, I, I think power, the big issue here, when you're in America, um, we have lived with the fact that Christianity was the stalwart thing here. Right. Uh, and we were able to go to church. We didn't get killed for our faith. We didn't get persecuted. Uh, you know, God has blessed this country, but more and more we're seeing that antichrist attitude in America. Oh, now, we are. Jerry Falwell took, used to go ahead. We, we we took that for granted that we could just go to the church or you know whatever church we wanted to. We were free and and boy things are sure changing. Yeah. Now see, Jerry Falwell would stand up and say things all the time, as would David Wilkerson and many others. Uh, but Jerry Falwell Jr. has been standing up about states' rights and the founders uh, and uh, he was really encouraged and I was too because William Barr, the Attorney General said uh, he spoke about the fact that just because there's a pandemic and there's a lockdown, people did not lose their guaranteed uh, liberties out of the Constitution and so Attorney William Barr was working on trying to save those. And I know Franklin Graham even talked about this. Franklin Graham said that Christians should not be so quick to listen to somebody that tells them they don't have rights because your rights are guaranteed in the U.S. Constitution and they don't disappear even in a pandemic. And see, this is where the judges, this is where a lot of the liberals are coming in at now and declaring, thus saith the governor, thus saith the mayor, and the police are, are backing them up. And so uh, it, it's just a real pain when we see these things. Uh, so, uh, you know, in America, we fight back for our freedoms, or we're supposed to. But I think it's been sometimes when I see the way we're going that there is such a group of people out there that are unbelievers, that are lukewarm, 
It's been that way for several generations. They sit on their butts. They don't do nothing. And uh, they're, they're not following what the Lord says anyway. They're really not in the faith. They're nominal Christians that go to church once in a while. They don't stand up for rights. They don't care if they lose rights. They, they don't mind having abortions. They don't mind that aborted babies are dying. They, you know, they don't care about uh, any kind of abominations or sins or nothing else. Uh, and, and this, you know, when you look at Obama, I, I seen a, a, a black woman standing up for Obama saying how much more uh, sophisticated he was and nice he was and uh, he was more popular than Trump. Well, see, uh, Obama was popular among the media. He was popular in uh, Hollywood. He was popular among the liberals who liked his policies, and his policies were antichrist. They were lawless. And he was anti-Christian because he pushed more Islam, uh, even with those that came in. Uh, he was more anti-Israel, but I can guarantee you Trump is more pro-Israel, more pro-Christian. He is definitely anti-abortion. He stands up for making America great. There's a lot of things that that Trump uh, is doing today uh, in order to uh, solidify the various things that we stand for, and that is Christianity. That is no more uh, late-term abortions like they did in New York City. Uh, there's a lot of things, and also backing Israel 100%. Now, see, these are the things that uh, we have, over the years, have uh, been uh, something that we stand up for. But so now we get this pandemic in here, and all of a sudden, these liberals are suddenly pushing socialism and lockdown and extending it. And I've heard of some of them want to extend it till the fall. And and uh, like uh, Trump said, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. So I, I think it gets, you know, when when we talked about the other story you were talking about, that they don't stand up. They're in a time when they really can't stand up because if they go out and do anything, uh, then uh, three times the amount uh, will come and kill everybody. Uh, yeah. You know, the the problem in America is if you as a Christian don't stand up now while your freedoms and your constitution is there, if you wait for another president to come in, you may lose everything. And then you'll be going to jail. Then yep. you'll be in the re-education camps. Then you will be beheaded for your faith. So it's time, and that's why Falwell's warning Christians. That's why um, Franklin Graham's warning Christians. That's why a lot of them are starting to stand up and say this. You need to stand up. You need to speak up and uh, let people know. You know, this is not okay. You know, and it's, so at any rate, we've got an overseas uh, focus on the Christians there. We've got to focus on America and what's happening here. And you look overseas in the UK and the EU, the same thing is happening. Um, I can tell you what China did. They just closed all the churches, tore them down, threw people in jail, outlawed them totally. They couldn't do anything. North Korea, they'll put you in a camp for the rest of your life or kill you up, and they'll kill your, your family as well. 
Um, so there's a, a number of countries that that's what they do. Uh, uh, Putin and Russia just made it illegal for anybody, including Christians, to speak about their faith unless uh, they've asked the government. And the government says it's okay. Well, I got news for you, Mr. Government. We obey God rather than men. Amen. We are going to speak the truth. And that's what it is. And you'd better start thinking about getting radical because this thing's going to heat up one day. And I and I said at the beginning of this that that this is a good precursor for you to understand that hell's a coming on this earth. God forbid. I hope that this thing, you know, the final portion and uh, the tribulation stay away from us for posterity but i'm telling you whether it does or not there is a lot of trouble in this whole world and christians are losing ground more and more than we've seen in recent memory yeah and it just keeps ramping up it does it does now we do have another story by tower and i think you have enough time to do this if you want to okay this is uh I, I think we've talked about her before, but I'm not sure. But it's worth mentioning, talking about it again. This, well, um, this is her. This is an update. Okay. It's uh, um, Maria. That's her name's been changed for security purposes. She uh, In January of 2019, she was 16 years old. She was abducted from a relative's house in Punjab, Pakistan, by a group of Muslim men. And for several weeks, she was raped multiple times, forced to convert to Islam and marry one of her captors. She was severely beaten after she initially refused to convert to Islam. And when Maria's family came to know that she was missing, they filed a report immediately with the local police, and through several weeks of police efforts, she was recovered. However, that was only the beginning of a legal battle for her and her family. They had to, uh, it all, it, you know, they had to wage against the captors, and it took several weeks before she was allowed to return home. And the battle started in March of 2019, and. Uh, she, Maria stated for the record that she had not freely converted to Islam or free, freely married her captor. She reported that she was forced to do these things and against her will and her threat of harm. And a month later, in April of 2019, she um, appeared before a court and repeated her statement. And after the hearing, she was allowed to return to her parents. And uh, fearing threats and repeated abductions, Maria's family moved to a new neighborhood where they remain in hiding. And And that's the update tower. Yeah. In Maria's case, the harassment has forced her family into hiding with little hope of assistance from Pakistan's authorities. The family will likely remain in hiding until Maria's captors lose interest or give up looking for her. And these forced conversions are just one form of systematic and gross human 
rights violations in Pakistan, and um, the price is paid heavily by most by the most vulnerable sections of society, and this carries a manifold impact impact on their lives. And that was a statement by Peter Jacob, and he's with the Center for Social Justice in Pakistan. So these things, you know, are, that that's terrible. It is. Now, according to, uh, you know, the Movement for Solidarity and Peace Pakistan, a thousand women and girls in Pakistan's Hindu and Christian community are assaulted, kidnapped, and forcibly married to their captor and forcibly converted to Islam every year. That's horrible. That's terrible. It is. I'm afraid I I wouldn't uh, function very well. Uh, me either. Because you come after my kids, if I don't have a gun, I'll find one. You come near my kids, I'll shoot you dead in the frickin' doornail, because I will defend my family. And I and uh, seeing what you do to kids anyway, you know, there there's a place that God puts people that does these kind of things. You know, God says, you know, vengeance is mine. Yes, it is. And what I'm talking about is not vengeance. What I'm talking about is protecting the innocent. Everything we talk about blood guilt. It's not defending out of hatred. It's defending your life, which is a biblical mandate anyway. So it's just absolutely sickening, and I hate us. And so. it's just disgusting that we have gotten that that far, you know. Why would you why would you do that? Yeah, I I can't believe people are so wicked that they would stoop to those things. It's just does not compute with me. The wickedness. No. No, no. That's true. That's for sure and for certain. So at any rate, don't forget to check out our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. And, uh, you know, we do have a group on MeWe and a group over on USA.life. I don't really have a chance to work them because I'm busy doing everything else. But, you know, uh, what I do do it keeps me busy. But we got people over there, and they're signing up uh, for our groups all the time. I put the latest shows there and various other things. And uh, we do have occasion from for people that are from over there uh, around the world in some of these areas that we discuss and uh and they can't come on all the time. They got to be very very careful about coming on and saying anything. But uh, MeWe is very very secure and uh and uh, the information never leaves the the group. So and of course most of them from overseas like that they they will 
they're very careful, almost <clears throat> invariably, and we get a lot of them that follow us on USA, and, and we've had for years. Most of the time, they will have nothing uh, as far as telling you much about them at all. There's no information. And they do that on purpose. Yeah. You got it. Well, we've got to get out of here. So. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Whenever you do, we love you. We pray for you. Please pray for your brethren that God will intervene and make a way and give them some relief. And, and uh, may God richly bless you. Be safe and take care. We love you. Good night, everybody. Yes, uh, thank you for listening. Shalom, everybody. Good night. Be safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.